When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's solo episode time, baby. I haven't gotten to do many solo episodes lately, but I know y'all really enjoy when I just talk into the void of a microphone before throwing it over to whatever guest I have. So I decided for old time's sake, let's just do a solo episode. I got a lot of things that I want to talk about, kind of get off my chest. I need to talk about this reality reckoning that Bethany Frank was trying to bring in. I want to talk about the newest episodes of our shows, Real House of Atlanta, Real Housewives of New York, all of the things. I want to tell you about my weekend. I just want to kind of, you know, just kiki with the girls right now. I want to kiki with y'all, okay? Before y'all get into the kikiorization, drop down to the bottom of your screen or the top if you're on Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review. You know, we love those. It's your new episode of Reality in Comics 2. Let's do it. right you're listening to reality and comics 2 the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted tv and film i'm kendrick but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek you want some hot takes about the real housewives or love island or maybe you want some hilarious insight on the marvel cinematic universe or hbo's white lotus or euphoria well you're in the right place grab a cocktail sit back and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me Hello, everybody. You know what? I'm actually surprised I can do any kind of vocal inflection right now. Me, 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 me. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, child. And that shit hurt my throat, too. Child, I was uh hollering and yelling and screaming on Saturday so goddamn bad. We threw my cousin a surprise birthday party. My cousin, my bestie. We threw her, you know, August is her month. September is mine. So, you know, y'all just get ready for, you know, Virgo season. That'll be when I go and see, you know, the Queen Bee Beyonce. Her birthday is the fourth, mine is the fifth. You know, just something for y'all to, you know, remember if y'all want to hit my, uh buy me a coffee during that time. Anyway, um, I, it was a great time. We all kind of got together uh, through the party, got the gifts. You know, I was in charge of the liquor like I always am. So I, I know I've told y'all before, but when it comes to like the family functions, I'm like the mixologist. I, you know, not to brag, but I did win a mixology contest on a cruise one time, a carnival cruise. If that means anything, it doesn't, but that's okay. So I've kind of unofficially been like the bartender ever since. And so for every function, I always make, okay, okay. I always would like, one, I'll choose my base. So I'm like, okay, is this a dark crowd? Is this a light liquor crowd? Is it a tequila? Cr-? You know, if, if it's a tequila crowd, child, you somebody going to end up fighting by the end of the night. But, you know, you got to make those decisions. So it's going to be tequila. It's going to be vodka. You know, whether you want to fuck fight or just be friendly. That depends on the kind of uh, the kind of liquor that we go have. So this time I decided on some mango 
vodka. So I was like, okay, that'd be good. So I made kind of like a summery kind of situation. It was a, a little slush-like, had some garnishments. It was very nice for the occasion. You know, very, very, very nice, honey. Now look, what I didn't like is, I didn't told y'all, my cousin, this is the one that had the house built. Child, she lived about 45 minutes away from me, trying to... Whew, I get tired every time they invite me out there. I be trying to think about how I can get the hell out there and get somebody else to drive me, but that never seems to happen, but that's okay. But I'll let it to say, it was a very fun weekend. I hope y'all had a fun weekend too. I wonder what y'all did. What did y'all do? Y'all tell me. Hit me up and tell me what y'all did this weekend. Leave me a five-star rating review and drop down in there what the hell you did over the weekend. Bitch. Let me know, okay? Let me know. Uh, But yeah, oh, I said all that to say, I'm surprised I have a voice because... When I first left the house, my, my voice was toe down to the ground. I was struggling to get eased out. I'm like, hey, bitch, what you doing over there? Yeah, girl, I'm just over here chilling. Stop by, bring a piece of bit. You know, I was really, really struggling, but now the voice has come back. And you know what? I think it's come back because the reality TV gods want me to read the fuck out of Bethany Frankel. I think that's what they want to go on right now. So I've dedicated some time in this episode to talk about this quote-unquote reality reckoning, okay? The reality reckoning that Bethany Frankel's narcissistic ass is proposing. Now, I want to, before I even talk about that, let me kind of do some housekeeping stuff. On Friday, I dropped what I consider to be an amazing fucking episode. If you're a Love Island USA fan, even if you're not, I had Zell on. Y'all know Zell from Who Asked Me Podcast. I had her on. We uh, talked about this season of Love Island USA. But then the latter part of the episode, I talked to Victor Gonzalez, who was one of the contestants on this past season. He just got voted out of the house. He came on the podcast, talked to me all about it. It was a time, okay? He did not hold back. He let Carmen ass have it, and I love it for him, okay? I had me a time, okay? But I want y'all to go back, download, listen to that episode because it, it's one of my favorites that I've done. He did not hold back. Uh, 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 the, the, you know, the team over there, they're all great. Love all of them. So listen to that. Support it. Uh, you know, send it to your people that are Love Island fans, whether it's UK, USA, whatever. And maybe they'll get into UK because of or USA because of that. Um, what are the housekeeping stuff I got from y'all? Um... I might go back down to two episodes a week. I don't know yet. I, I might pick up and do like a kind of comics-themed episode, like kind of talk about maybe like the, the stuff going on, like all the Marvel rumors or what's going on with James Gunn's DC, uh, DCU, talk about the boys and the time we get news from them because we do have Gen V coming up soon. Uh, so that'll be fun. You know, that'll be a little a ting, ting, ting. So uh, I, I'll figure it out, okay, I think I, I might, you know what, I'm such a, I have no, literally no time in my day, I'm literally so, oh, y'all, I be so damn tired, y'all just don't know, my job beats the ever-loving shit out of me on a daily basis, but I still find time to record, so I think I still, I'll still have my Monday, which is, you know, that's my reality TV happy episode, especially like emphasis on Bravo. And then I have like the, the Marvel news, whatever kind of episode. And then I'll do my Love Island episode per you. So we'll, I'll probably stick to three. I, I'm so, God, I don't believe in like the, all the astrology stuff, but I'm such a Virgo when it comes to that kind of crap because I, I'm no, I'm perfectionist a little bit. I like to, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, I like to do it. So every time, I just want y'all to know, every time I have to do like just one episode a week or something like that, or divert from the schedule at all, it literally kills me on the inside. I feel like uh, I need to go jump off of a bridge. I'm like, oh my God, everybody hates me. I only did one episode this week. Uh, it was late or something like this. Yeah! And I just feel like jumping sometimes, but I don't do it. I don't do it. It's just, that's how I feel, okay? Anyway, 
let's get to the reality reckoning of it all. And I'm going to find a way to tie this kind of into, well, not kind of, a lot into the Bethany Frankel of it all. Now, I took some notes because, you know, Bethany laid out her quote unquote plan that she kind of seems her terms as it is. And I'm going to relate it back to the Nini of it all. Most of this is going to be off the cuff, off the top of my head, but I'm going to lay out those. What I gather, she said 10 terms. I caught like seven or eight of them. I might have missed two. I don't know. Maybe she, I might have combined some shit. I don't, you know, Bethany be doing stuff. I don't know. Her and them uh, seafood ball bags, the mukbangs and that makeup. I don't know what be going on. Bethany kind of stresses me out. Y'all know I, let me also say this. Y'all know, Bethany, I consider a top tier housewife. She has definitely always been in my top three. Y'all know my top three is Bethany, Nene, and Teresa. Those are the girls, you know, I, that's just who I think when you think of like the top, top, top housewives, that's who it is. Y'all know I love and support your Williams. They will always be my favorite favorite, but I'm rational enough to know that like those are the ones that made the biggest impact. So I, I, I give it to them. Okay. So this is nothing, you know, I've told y'all a million times, I only enjoyed Roni when Bethany was there. So I'm I'm sticking, I still stick by that. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't care when it was just Ramona. I don't give a damn about Ramona's raggedy ass. I ain't care about her, but I did care when Bethany was there because Bethany was chin-checking them hoes like Natalie Nunn. And that's what I like, okay? So I wanted to say all that. Let me get that all out the way before I get deep off in Bethany's ass in just a moment. And I want to say all that to say, I'm going to tie it to the Carlos King, Nene Leakes interview because they talked about Bethany for like a specific portion of the interview. And I actually thought it was very interesting. I actually disagreed with a part of what Nene said concerning Bethany. And I think it was to Nene's detriment, actually, because I think Nene should have said, yeah, Bethany the raggedy ass said whatever the fuck she want to. And they don't give a damn. And it's because she white. If she would have said that. I would have been like, oh, but she didn't. She kind of she kept it a little cute. Her and Bethany, according to her, kept it a little cute. But. Let's get into it. Let's get into this so-called, you know, reality reckoning of reality TV. Is that a thing? Reality reckoning of reality TV. Kind of an offshoot of the SAG-AFTRA strikes. The writers and the actors strike. I don't know. Let's get into it. Okay. So I'm going to kind of list out the terms. I might add a little colorful commentary, but I'm going to list out the terms for the most part first. Well, you know, these are kind of Bethany's. Bethany is basically calling for a unionization of reality TV stars and how she feels like reality TV stars are grossly underrepresented. They're mistreated. They don't get the same respect as anybody else helping to create, you know, entertainment for the masses, which let me tell you something. I 7,000% agree. And I also agree with almost all of her points that she makes too, all the terms that she sets. The problem is... Bethany, Bethany, I don't find to be the correct messenger. And I think a lot of y'all can agree with that. And one of the things, and it's not even just like how like hypocritical a lot of this stuff is, especially when she, you know, I, I won't go there, but one of the reasons it's so hypocritical to me, you know, a lot of this messaging is because she still finds a way to make everything about her. She always finds a way to mention, well, you know, the Bethany Clause. Let's do away with that and make a new Bethany Clause. It's like, you are your own champion in your head, and I just need you to, like, calm down for a second because if this is really about everybody else, let it be about everybody else. Right now, it's not about everybody else. It's about your ass and how they can benefit when you get your money. So, like, it's... it's uh, Bethany is raggedy as fuck, but that's how it is. Y'all know Bethany raggedy. That's never been a secret. We've all known that Bethany was raggedy. 
the thing was, Bethany was just the least raggedy on the show. <laughs> Sonya was kind of a drunk, sloppy raggedy. Ramona was a racist raggedy. Uh, Luann was a, 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 a delusional uh, raggedy. Uh, who the hell else was on that damn show? Dorinda was a drunk raggedy, a drunk, angry, uh, nasty raggedy. Uh, Jill Zarin just child. Jill trying to uh, make a friend, honey. She that lady going and doing any kind of press she can to make a friend. I just she a, a friendless raggedy. That's what she is. She, you know, Jill just do what she do. I don't know what to hear. Alex McCord at Alex McCord is a uh, dodging Brandy Glanville coochie grabbing raggedy. Okay, that's what she is. I don't know what these people is, but I just know they they all different types of raggedy. Okay, let's get into these terms. So. Bethany starts off. So number one was talent should get 5,000 per episode in a season minimum. Now, remember, Carlos King actually asked Nene Leakes about this very subject. He said, how much did you make your first season of Housewives? And she said, my first season total, I think I made $10,000. That is astronomical. That That is re-fucking-diculous to me. That means that, what were there, ten? episodes in season one of the real housewives of atlanta let me uh chin check that right quick <laughs> i'm always chin checking so even if my name was natalie 90s bitch you still couldn't chin check me but um yeah i just you know uh i think the first season of atlanta housewives oh it was only eight episodes okay so uh ooh, child, I'm, I'm over trying to do math in my head so she made ten thousand so oh that's a thousand hold on y'all me in this calculator y'all forgive me uh, divided by eight. Okay, that's $1,250. I should have been, you know what? I do too much finance on a daily basis. I should have known that. I feel so stupid. Chat below. I, I don't do real finance. I do uh, that Ralph Pittman kind of finance, okay? So y'all charge it to my head, not my heart. But that's $1,250 uh, per episode. Outlandish. Out fucking landish, honestly. And then I think she said they made, um, how much she said? She said they got 5000 for the reunion. So a total of $15,000 across 10 episodes. So, okay, whatever. You got bring it up to 1500 See, I did that math in my hair. Eat it, Ralph Pittman. Um, okay, so 5000 per episode for the amount of money that the companies are making. I don't think that's a huge ask. I think that's, you know, we've heard horror stories because, you know, they say, now, look, Mona, <laughs> Mona Scott, I'm not trying to bring you into this, okay, to read you for feels. I promise I'm not. It's just that the girls say you pay them girls over at uh, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. They say you pay all them Love and Hip Hop girls $7 and a cheesecake to film for that show. Now, that's what they say. I don't believe it, Mona. I believe them people trying to, uh, they trying to Harvey Weinstein. You all know, okay? <laughs> I don't believe it, Mona. I know you paying them people more than that. I know they're getting more than $7 in a cheesecake. Probably $12 in a, a Nickelback t-shirt. I don't know. But that's what it is, okay? That one I can get behind. She says, term number two, talent should receive a 10% raise each season or depending on how you know successful the show has become or you know if they have their kind of like scandal season i'm kind of adding a little bit of season on it now you know bethany she looked like she cooked some bland ass food so i'm putting you know i'm putting a little salt and pepper putting a little lowry's on there <laughs> putting a little garlic powder onion powder you know how black folk do uh you know so she said depending on how successful the she's the season is so if they have a big like 
Bolo type scandal, a big Scandaval type scandal, a big Tom Girardi type scandal, a big, a big whatever, a big Porsche Dragon, Kenya at the reunion type scandal. You know, that, that kind of ting, 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 ting. Then they should be able to negotiate how much of a raise it is. So it really, it wasn't, I think she should have included some kind of uh, educational term in he, I'm, if y'all can hear socks, my dog snoring, I'm so sorry. Her ass always waits till I start recording until she comes in here and get that loud ass snoring. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Come in here, do that loud ass snoring while I'm trying to make some damn points. Damn. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So they had a kind of season. I think there should be some kind of like educational proponent to this because these reality stars, they just so happy to find like get a break and like potentially make money that they're willing to sign their lives away and don't know anything about you. You know what? The same way high school fucking students should go through educational training when they got to sign these big ass fucking student loans in their name at the age of 18. Ugly bastards. You know what? I, I get pissed off every time I talk about student loans. Let me move the fuck on. Uh, talent gets 10% of re-aired seasons, or if they put the show up on a streamer like Netflix, Peacock, Hulu, whatever. Put If they put them on one of those, then they should get 10% of, I guess, I don't know if it's bottom line revenue or 10% of they, their talent fee or whatever the case is. So I guess they're getting 5000 per episode. They should get 500 if it re-air somewhere else. I don't know. That's just, you know, whatever it is, okay? Uh, we need a little more information about that one, Bethany. So if you got some, send it my way, sis. Or if you don't, I'm okay with that too. Don't reach out to me. <laughs> Leave me at the fuck alone, Bethany. Uh, there was a retroactive one too. She said streamers and networks should pay a fee for all the years that they've been playing or airing the shows. So 5000 for each year and each platform that they've been airing on. So this one is like, uh, if, if y'all been sitting up playing... The Real Housewives of Atlanta seasons 1 through 14 for all these goddamn years. Then you need to run me money for not only each season, but for each year you've had it on there. So you get a fee for, like, let's talk about season 1. So season 1 has been on, let's say, like, remember they used to have them all on Hulu. So if it was on Hulu, then if season 1's been on there, like, since it aired, you need a back date and get them people 14 years, mostly candy, because she's the only one been on there, uh, uh, the longest running housewife in the history of the world, honey, history of the world. She's worldwide. I know that's right, candy. Give her her teens. Now, she wasn't on season one, so that was a bad example, but y'all know what the fuck I mean, okay? So that, that makes sense, I guess. This is when she, she I, my eyes roll so hard because whenever she explains anything, she always has to put herself in it as much as possible. She did a whole nother like TikTok aside from this one where she like literally the first minute was talking about her, her contribution to reality TV, how she's one of the greats and she did this. The girl should be thankful for her. She was a trailblazer, all this kind of shit. Girl, what the fuck you talking about? Get, get to the terms or whatever. You trying to unionize. Are you unionizing or are you doing a state of the union where you talking about nobody but your damn self? Like, what are you doing, Bethany? Raggedy as hell. She says she wants to eradicate the Bethany clause. Now, if y'all don't know what that is, that means that no talent should have to like give a proceed of their business that they start on a show to a network. I think right now Bravo's like flat or NBC, I don't know. They're like flat fee is like you must give them 10% of the business that you start on the show. So like I think, well, I don't know. I don't know if the Bethany clause was around when... Uh, 
bedroom candy became a thing because I think they or maybe it was I don't know but like the show if you create it on there they get like a certain percentage of that product I think the best example I can think of is like you know how they run those Dr. Jackie commercials about the Miracle V or whatever it's called something to like help rejuvenate the poom poom <laughs> you sprinkle a little magic dust on that punani and then it start doing tricks and flips and uh start sparkling and shining a child I don't know what the hell Dr. Jackie is selling but send me two boxes Dr. Jackie okay <laughs> Um, I always thought this was silly as fuck, though. I did. The Bethany, I thought that was so silly that you're, like, letting these people live their real lives. They're starting these businesses as a part of their real life. But you're saying, hey, I'm going to pay you to let me, you know, show your life. But I'm also charge you for starting something that could potentially be profitable. That is a little silly to me. But it's not just like NBC and Bravo and stuff that do this. That is across, like, all of the things. So, like, I think about Shark Tank, how... I don't know if it's 5% or 10% or what, but like, even just like if you're, if so, like a, a shark bids on your product, like if y'all go into business together, the show gets, I think five, I want to say five, 5% 5 of your like revenue. And that's so like, you have to like literally craft that into the deal that you're making so like if you really want to like offer these people 50 percent of your business be 50 50 50 partners and y'all going to it and yada 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 yang 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 around the house you actually got to think well shit that'll make me a 45 percent partner and them a 50 percent partner because i got to get five percent away to the damn show so it's like it it's it's a lot so i get that i get the frustration around that because the show it might be a way, like, it's free advertising, it is, but also, like, you're building a following, you can promote that shit on your own Instagram and stuff, so, I don't know, that's another thing, she wants, like, this now, this to be called the new Bethany Clause, Bethany, go to hell, you so goddamn worse, I don't know what to do, talent shouldn't be restricted to the content that they can promote on their social media, so that the networks can get income themselves, that's a good, good one, I, I agree with that too, because, like, I think um, they can't promote certain things because either it's going to be in the commercials or they'll try to like get a deal for that person so they can get most of the money and then the talent just gets whatever little fee they can do. That kind of stuff. I don't I don't know how that's, you know, crack a lead time, but that seems like another good point to me. Uh, talent should get a percentage of the merch. Sorry, Shotsky. I, I, Bethany wants you. Bethany wants you, bitch. I'm sorry, but you, child, she said, uh, if y'all sell three Shotskis, bitch, send me the proceeds to one of them. So I don't know how that's going to work. The T-shirts, magnets, uh, 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 draws. I don't know what the hell y'all selling on their Bravo website, but Bethany says she wants her teams, okay? Uh, the last one I was able to get was that Talent should get a percentage of stuff like YouTube where they use the clips of the talent to promote the shows. Uh, I agree with that too. I'm telling y'all, I actually think that Bethany made a lot, a lot, a lot of good points. I just think that for me, I don't like her being the messenger. And I think that with her constantly delivering these messages and like first of all i don't like the way she look when she deliver them because she be putting all the goddamn she be globbing on that lipstick 
she be uh, it be a lot going on with them dollar store ass makeup she be wearing, and I don't you know they say the dollar stores got the best makeup, but I don't, the way Bethany be putting it on you, you could have fooled me. So I don't know, but I don't like the way she looks when she uh delivering the message, and I don't like that she's constantly centering herself around it. Now let me get into some of the other stuff before I touch on like the Nene of it all. Let me get into kind of some of the other things that kind of chapped my ass a bit about this whole situation. So Bethany, when she starts like talking to TMZ and like doing all these interviews about this quote unquote reality reckoning, she starts kind of uh, dropping some names of other people that have reached out to her. Like some of the other reality stars that have reached out and said, oh my God, well, uh, uh, I agree with you. This should happen. Yada, 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 all this kind of stuff. Now, see if you can find, you know, a, a commonality with some of these people. Okay, so she said Tiffany Hendra, who was on The Real Housewives of Dallas. Leah McSweeney, who was on The Real Housewives of New York. Raquel Levis, y'all know her, Scandal baby. Uh, Brandy Glanville, child, there ain't nobody you need on the front lines, but okay, that's Beverly Hills Housewives. Uh, Caroline Manzo from Real Housewives of New Jersey, OG. Aviva Drescher, who Bethany actually pitched for the Real Housewives of New York, uh, Eddie Lucas, Below Deck, Hannah Ferrier, uh, Below Deck Med, Catherine Dennis, Southern Charm, Heather Thompson, Real Housewives of New York, uh, she said Snooky, Joe Frost, Caitlin Bristow, our uh, Bachelorette baby, uh, Stassi Schroeder, again, nobody you want on the front lines, but here we are, uh, Heidi Montag, she said, Tom Sandoval, Hannah Burner, Paige DeSorbo, all of, you know, Summerhouse claim. Uh, Hannah Brown, she said Chrissy Teigen, Jenny Farley. It was a lot of people that she brought up. Now, look, she brought up a ton of people. One thing she didn't bring up was anybody of color. So, <laughs> once again, let me tell you, there, there's something so annoying sometimes about activism, and the annoying thing is some activism really always like tends to exclude such a, a big group of people. And that's really disheartening. You know how they say like there's so, some brands of feminism that leave out minority women. Like it's true. There is. There's a lot of there's a lot of branches of feminism that always like kind of put like whiteness on the front line and be, th th this is starting to look a little bit like that way. I don't, I ain't seen nobody like, let me get into the Nene of it all because this is what's really like chapping my ass, grinding my gears was really kind of uh, stopping me from jumping in and saying, okay, yay, Bethany, I'm here with you. I'm here with you, girl. I'm here with you. I'm here with you, girl. I'm here with you. I'm right here, girl. What you want me to do? I can't do it right now because I don't know. It's all kind of still icky to me. And one of the things is none of these people, and keep in mind, Bethany and Nene talk. Like, they talk. It might not be like a daily, regular basis, but they talk. It really is weird to me that none of these reality stars, or Bethany, <laughs> have ever, like, reached out and offered any kind of support to Nene when she said that, well, there's blanket racism going on, hey, it's kind of sad because, like, none of her castmates did either, but they're still on the show monetizing from it. So I get it. Any active reality star, I kind of get it because 
you still monetizing from it, but that's also one of the perils of striking. All the damn writers and producers and actors that are, you know, uh, uh, striking right now, they they know. Them people ain't on the shit. They, they still actively working, but they had to strike to end up making their future better. So it's just, it is what it is. Nobody came out and supported Nene. Nobody came out and supported Mariah Huck. There have been so many black reality stars that were like taking their stance, said that uh, I was eaten up and chewed out and that I can't get anything now and I've been blackballed and this and that. And nobody gave a damn. But now Bethany's doing this reality reckoning and suddenly everybody's, oh, I'm woke. Oh my God, that's such a great idea. Let's do that. I'm awakened now. And now they want to do all this kind of uh, yip-yopping and hippy-hopping and doing all this jumping on the train that Bethany started. And I don't know if Bethany is just good at rallying the troops. I don't know if people want to stay away from specifically black issues, meaning that they don't want to concern themselves with uh oh well she might call them racist i don't want to i don't want to get involved in that that's a big claim you know any of this kind of stuff so all of this is mm, it's all it's all could do to me i i'm i'm here for it if they end up you know going forward with this protesting or whatever Ooh, the problem is though okay let me tell you the problem with this genre in particular, though, is that if reality, I feel like if reality TV stars do try to strike and all go like out, you know, whatever, I feel like they'll just reboot a lot of these shows or just start some new ones because they don't have a union. That's the thing. If they had a union, they'd be protected. They can go into these talks with the networks and, you know, they can do all of these things. But I, you know, people, this would be a good test to find out if people are loyal to the brands or if they're loyal to the reality TV stars themselves. And I think we've seen many a times that they tend to be more loyal to the brands than to the actual stars themselves. So I, I, it might be a little difficult to get this W for Bethany because I feel like they might just reboot all this shit and then we'll be looking at all new housewives, probably new cities too. Like it'll be, it'll be a lot going on. And then the networks will just kind of adjust and be like, yeah, we're, we're giving, uh, we're going to, you know, make them, uh, all of these different changes. Yeah. We're going to give them $5,000 minimum. We're going to do all of this without actually having to let these people unionize. I've just been like, that's what it's going to be. I don't know if it is, but I feel like I've beat this subject with a dead horse, but I want to know your thoughts on this. If you're on Spotify, I want you to go to the question and answer portion of this episode. And I want you to leave me a comment about how you feel about Bethany in this strike. I, if you're on Apple, then leave me a five-star rating review and just say your your thoughts about the strike too. Because I'm, I'm curious about this. I know how I feel about it, but I know I could be very much well in the minority. Again, I feel that Bethany has made a ton of great points. I just feel like having her at the front of this movement really deters me from it. And I feel like there might be a lot of people because Bethany is very self-centered. She's very uh, heliocentric, if that's, a, you know, that kind of thing. She's very much like trying to make all of this. It's not an actual cause, if that makes sense. Like if this were like Black Lives Matter, like the people saying, oh my God, we need to be treated better. We, uh, we're experiencing police brutality and doing this for the entire community. 
That's very different than, well, I think that we should be doing this. I think we're doing that. I'm the trendsetter. I'm the trail plays. I'm the reason y'all have a reality TV job, yada, yada, yada. And then uh, I should get all of this stuff, and then y'all will benefit in the, uh, in the long run because I'm benefiting from it. I don't necessarily like that angle when it comes to activism, so I'm kind of... Uh... I'm, I don't know. Bethany, I might be on the backseat of this one. If it happens for you, that's amazing. If it don't, girl, I don't know what to tell you, okay? It ain't my business. No way. I'm going to stay out of yours just like you stayed out of Mariah Hook and Nene Leakes when they said that some shit needed to change, too. You dig? <laughs> you know what? Let's get to the Real Housewives of Atlanta because there was a new episode and Candy got a new uh, Poonani playing, <laughs> a new Poonani vibrating product, and we need to talk about it, okay? So let's talk about it. The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I thought this was a good episode. This was mostly about uh, everything kind of leading up to Candy's new product launch. Her and, uh, you know, Candy Coded Night. Oh, actually, Bedroom Candy. Child, whatever the fuck it is. Um, we kicked the episode off. The first thing I kind of found interesting was uh, Sonya and her sister. I can see, like, how much all of this is affecting Sonya, but the way she kind of positions herself when she explains things to her sister, it made me feel like Sonya is always wanting to be the victim in a lot of situations. And even though I feel like she takes accountability a lot of times when someone brings something to her, I feel like she always, with her sister especially, and that's probably why her sister ready to get the fuck out of her house, <laughs> it's because of that. Uh, she said, I feel like you're not a part of the biggest moments of my life anymore, especially with Mommy Nation. Child, her sister had something for her. So her sister said, oh, okay. And what else is going on? <laughs> that lady like, look, I'm apartment hunting. I ain't got time to do this dumb shit with you. I'll take your hair down, girl. Now, girl, if you got a, a, a 30 piece in your head, if you got a 630 bust down, if you got a, a, a middle part with a, a little piece of little Cam over here, but you got a little piece of Nicki Minaj over there with a little Cardi B in the back. Like, I'll help you take down the install, but I ain't going to do all this dumb shit with you. So, Sonya's sister, I'm on your side. I be forgetting your name every time, but I'm on your side. Child, the people online be saying Sonya's sister would be a better housewife now. I ain't, I ain't got no opinion on that, but I'm just telling y'all what the people say, okay? <laughs> but speaking of what else is going on, Cynthia, shout out to Taria. Hey, Taria, boo. Hey, girl, what else is going on, girl? Uh, but speaking of what else is going on, y'all, my boo, my baby, my girl, my, um, what she say? Win a case. My, uh, <laughs> I keep my name out of a case, okay? My girl, Cynthia Bailey, Cynthia High Cheekbones Bailey is back on the scene. Yes! I miss this energy, okay? Cynthia is definitely, she's the definition of, like, being fine at any age, okay? 55 and aging backwards. Y'all heard what Nene said. Nene said, we only age backwards, not forwards, okay? I know that's right. They talked about her divorce briefly, but, child, she didn't She didn't want to get too much into the nitty-gritty of Mike Hill humping and crumping and bumping all over L.A., child, allegedly, okay? <laughs> Everything, all the views expressed in this podcast are allegedly, okay? But then they move on and talk about Candy celebrating over 10 years of bedroom candy with this Candy's Peach Buzz Party. 
Candy know how to make some money, okay? I'm not mad at Candy. Now, I ain't never had a, a bedroom Candy person knock on my door to sell me something because I would buy some stuff, okay? I'm about a little uh, peach ball and have it vibrating on my balls just like Sonya go do the Ross, okay? I like that. Now, at the time, though, because we don't learn about what it actually is until the end of the episode, I ain't know what it was, child. I ain't know Candy was slanging a new butt plug. If it was a cock ring, a vibrating clit clamp, uh, music playing cock sock, I ain't know what it was, okay? But we find out later on it's an actual peach that do a little vibrating, okay? Anyway, they talk about the mess with Drew saying that she didn't kiss Latonya. Not, girl, not Latonya. What the lady name? Latoya. Not me calling Latonya, child. That's one of my coworkers. Let me stop. <laughs> child. Why would Candy call Cynthia all the way from Portugal to ask her about her bachelorette party? If that ain't some trifling shit, child, Candy asked, uh, I mean, Cynthia asked over there uh, preparing for divorce, trying to pick out a new wig, doing uh, interviews on ETV, buying her a new fire like Jocelyn Hernandez and Stevie J. She doing all that. Candy, you could have waited till you was back seaside instead of running up that lady's international phone plan like you was doing. I'd be mad as hell, but I would have accepted the call because I like mess, okay? Drew cleaning out this closet with these two menses, okay? Why Ralph low-key get mad about his dirty ass side of the closet? First of all, Ralph... You better be lucky them two Judys that uh Drew had organizing that closet didn't tag team that ass, okay? Didn't tag team read your ass when you got an attitude with them uh little musty ass, sour patch ass, cheating ass clothes you own. Matter of fact, come out that closet, Ralph, with your sassy ass. Then you know you know what? You're not even sassy enough to to be sassy all the way. When you sent that damn text message to Marlo, you should have read her for filth, but you just read her for. You read her for, for for mildly dirty. Like, it was just a little bit like, you know, a little stain over here, but you use a little shout and you can get that right out. That's what yours was. It wasn't for filth, but it was just for, you know, keep my name out your mouth when, child, that ain't going to do, okay, with your sassy ass. But the most important thing they talk about, they talk about, one, that Marlo is possibly an op, which I think we all know. <laughs> and two, Courtney potentially being an op too. I think we all know that as well. She says she's going to stop calling her cousin Courtney and just call her Courtney. I know that's right. I just told y'all last week, don't be going against your cousins. But you know what? I'm for it now. I'm pro-cousin going against, okay? All of these scenes are setting us up for a great candy-coated coochie event later on, which, you know, obviously love that for us. Speaking of Candy Cody Coochie, Candy and Sheree get together at Candy's house and they talk about Portugal because, you know, they just literally just came back from the trip. But first, they got to talk about what we call Sheree's hard titty, okay? They got to talk about Sheree's hard titty. I think it was the right titty that was hard. I don't know. She kind of talked about it at the brunch, but now she's talking about the hard titty. I think it was the right titty that was hard, okay? I guess she had to, like, go to Kenny and Kenny, not Kenny. That's an amalgamation. That's Kenny and Candy, okay? She had to go to Kenny's doctor to get her titty fixed because it had gotten hard. I don't know what the name of it was called, but something happened where it was like one of them Tamara titties. She had <laughs> <laughs> one of them Tamara Clubhouse titties, okay? But uh, now she got to wait for it to drop, okay? It got to drop now that she can get that, that new titty in. It's just it's sitting up kind of high than the other one, but she got to wait for it to drop, okay? It's like some testicles of a man that's like ready to get his deep voice, okay? You know, it's young men before them testicles drop. It ain't that big, but, you know, when you get them testicles, you want to get that deep voice. You got to you gotta drop, okay? Anyway, 
This is another scene kind of setting us up for Candy's uh, party because she tells her that she invites Latoya, which she always does. And, you know, in her defense, the uh, producers did show a lot of clips. Latoya's been at most of Candy's events. She's just not on the show no more, so they, they don't show her. Um, I don't know if we go call it messy boots, but it was, it might've been messy kitten heel. Okay. It might've been messy pump, not a whole, not a whole boot, but it was messy. So um, a messy clog, maybe a messy croc. That's what it was. But I bet she didn't confront their asses as soon as they, I bet she go confront their ass as soon as they walk through the door. I bet that, uh, Sheree's messy ass asked where her relationship with Drew kind of stands. And she says it's kind of in limbo because that argument in Port Portugal and, uh, all the things that went left and, you know, she left right after that. And he, he, they kind of left things up in the air. Child, Sheree couldn't wait to tell that lady <laughs> that Drew said she ain't got to be in that low-budget-ass, straight-to-DVD, tubey-ass, Todd Tucker original movie. Well, she ain't say all that, but y'all yeah, know I be reading between the lines. That's what Drew wanted to say, okay? If she had my reading skills, that's what the hell she would say. She ain't say all that, but, you know, basically. So now... Candy want to fight Drew. I know that's right, Candy. Slider, slider. Now on to the main event, baby. Candy took over the infamous selfie museum in Atlanta for this event. And as always, it looked good as hell, okay? We can say a lot about Don Juanita, but Don Juan, he go help put an event together, okay? Don Juan gonna make sure Candy shit look good, okay? Good. I love seeing all the women uh, saying how bedroom Candy was like responsible for multiple orgasms or multiple pregnancies for them swinging from the ceiling and dirty whining on the dick. You know, they were saying it was responsible for all that, so I'm happy for these women, okay? I need to get some bedroom candy in my life uh okay let me tell y'all y'all know me very well by now y'all know that a lot of sundays my mom will actually come over and she'll watch all the shows with me it's kind of our thing we get a little sunday soul food and then we get some sunday reality tv some mommy sun time okay that's our time of the week we watch the bravo shows watch atlanta she'll suffer through new york if she have to because she never watched new york never have and she don't know these girls so she she only want to watch the girls she know which means Potomac and Atlanta, but you know, and she might stick around for married to medicine, but they not on. So she just watch Atlanta and then she'll go in the kitchen and, you know, do a little yang, yang, yang around the house. But then after Bravo, we go over to Zeus. You know, we got to watch our, our cabaret, our bad boys, our baddies, you know, the auditions, the reunions. We got to watch all of that together. Let me tell y'all something. Watching my mama's face while Candy was explaining this new product, the peach buzz, how it's used to tickle niggas balls. <laughs> Y'all know I get one or two per episode, okay? Don't judge me. Uh, how it was used to tickle balls while he got you bent over the kitchen sink and all like that. Who child. Her face, I wish y'all could. She was, uh, I'm talking about disgusted. But now keep in mind, she was disgusted. But then right after that, she want to watch Jocelyn's Cabaret where they showing uh, a coochie cat and a uh, uh, Timmy, Teddy, and all that kind of stuff and shape. Listen, mama, get out of my face, okay? Because you play, you plays in my face entirely too much cynthia bailey arrives at the event and oh okay let me let, let me just go ahead and say it okay cynthia why you didn't iron that dress before you came to the party this was your kind of big reintroduction to the show and you killed him with that fur okay the fur was furring the hair was hairing the makeup per usual was makeuping it wasn't that best in the frank or scary ass horror movie fright night ass makeup and so i we, you know you always get the girls what they need but that dress 
that dress needed a little, what did it need? It needed a little TLC, okay? And I'm not talking about chasing waterfalls. It needed a little tender, loving care, okay? But I'm glad to hear that Teresa's exorcism of a wedding is what brought you and Kenya back together. I do love to hear that. Anyway, Drew finally shows up to what I'm assuming is a hostile scene because they was just reading the fuck out there, girl, before she showed up. And you can kind of tell this is going to be a mess once LaToya gets there. Before we get to LaToya, Ralph and Marlo actually wind up at the bar together. I'm sure production was like, girl, go Ralph, go talk to him, go talk to him. She was like, you know me, baby, I'm on the way, baby, I'm on the way. Uh, remember, he brought up that, she brought up to him that, uh, like in Portugal, that whole, what was it? She... What is she? She brought him up in Portugal because I think Drew asked what she did for a living. And she was like, I'm in the same, I do the same thing as your husband. I'm in technology. Something like that now, child. I don't know what technology, what tech Marlowe is knowledging. But if she say it, God, look, I'm just glad we finally got an explanation after all these years because I ain't know what the hell Marlowe was doing. But okay, technology. I don't know if it's an app, a, a device. A signal. <laughs> she, you know what? I believe Marlo, oh, this is so ghetto. I believe Marlo built that submersible that went down and then. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's terrible to joke about. I believe she built that submersible. That that was her, how she in technology. That's what I think going on. Um, Somehow they talk and they end up burying the hatchet and Marlo basically calling Drew multiple personalities and bipolar and all this kind of stuff. And Ralph didn't do no type of defending. They go to show you that he agree with everything that Marlo was saying, but child, who am I to, <laughs> who am I to get in between these people? It ain't my damn marriage. Latoya finally arrives and she immediately tells Candy that she's upset with her. Her, Drew and Latoya go upstairs, but Latoya is like, Bring Marlo messy ass up here too. So of course Don Juanita went down there and got her. Don Juan Letta. He went down there. He got Marlo, and baby, it went south fast. Marlo left almost as soon as she came. Them people did not want to hear. Both of them was denying this kiss ever happened. Marlo was like, "Okay, y'all playing in my face. Let me go ahead and leave." The point of the matter is this, Drew. I thought we all knew that y'all kissed. I thought production put y'all on blast two years ago at that Bolo Nation. Not Bolo Nation, Chad, but y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when Bolo wasn't making love to all them fruits and melons and things and such and junk. It's at the very end of the episode that, that really did it for me. That edited part where it kind of made it seem that Candy was a liar almost. That's what that's what, what I kind of inferred from it because they were questioning Drew, the production, and they kind of flashed back to where LaToya and Candy were on the after show together. And she was saying, like, LaToya was adamant, like, no, we didn't kiss. We didn't kiss. What are you talking about? We never kissed. And then Drew was like, but she came to the reunion singing a new tune because Candy wanted her to. And then they showed the clip of her coming to the reunion singing a new tune because she wanted her to. So I don't know. I think this going to be kind of interesting to see unfold. I'm I'm willing to stick with it. LaToya, you know what? You come on back for a couple episodes. I'm okay with that. I didn't understand why the hell you left. Because you was one of the best. You and Drew, in my opinion, and I stand by it, you and Drew were the best things about season 13. Y'all were messy as hell. Y'all had a, a beef that was hilarious to me. And I loved it. I'm sorry. Uh, my quote of the episode. <laughs> my quote of the episode goes to Marlo. 
when she was got mad at Drew and she walked off. That lady said, why does Drew look 22 on Instagram and a whole jump scare in person? Now, Marlo, these people tired of you talking about the way Drew look. I mean, I laugh every now and then because the shit do be funny. But you're not supposed to be talking about people looks, Marlo. We can talk about this before. Them people going to read the fuck out of you, child. Uh, I enjoyed it. That was a good Atlanta episode. I, you know, I love Sunday nights on Bravo. It's just a warm little, a warm little diverse hug that I've been needing. And I, I always need and encourage and want <laughs> from my TV. Okay. Nice giggles and sniggles and hugs and bugs and things. So I'm always happy with it. Let's move on to the Real Housewives of New York. I tend to jump all around when I talk about Roni because so many of the shows have like gotten away from this format. So it's literally just us watching a friend group. And I love that, honestly. I, I really love that. Okay, so Brynn. Brynn is a hot-ass mess, but I love it. They're talking about their Thanksgiving plans and, like, you know, it's almost Christmas time in Atlanta, but it's Thanksgiving time in New York, okay? No, they, they say New Yorkers walk faster than the rest of us, but apparently not. <laughs> but anyway, Brynn has, like, apparently a lot of fiancés that she that never, like, turned into a husband. I don't know if... You know, it's the, the Danielle syndrome from New Jersey or what it is. But she's had many fiancés. And she's going to go to London with one of them for the holidays. Apparently, per usual, like, I guess, like, when she gets bored, she travels with an old fiancé. I don't know. But uh, it's the third one. The third fiancé, to be exact. I wish I had a harem of fiancés to pick from when I want the vacation international shit. These men nowadays can't even afford to take you on a damn trip to Birmingham, Alabama. You know what? Now that I think about it, though, <laughs> this is so ignorant. Now that I think about it, I might need to stop going there altogether. Y'all know I love me. I've told y'all many times on the podcast, I love me a quick trip to Birmingham, okay? It's only, uh, like... At most four hours away from Memphis, we hop in the car, we drive it for the weekend, get us a little piece of the town, a little piece of the summit, a little piece of Papado, and we good to go a little piece of Paris. Like, we, listen, we is good to go, okay? Actually, you know what? I don't need to go there no more because the way uh, them black folk went and whooped that white family's ass for picking that fight with their security guard. Now, I know y'all saw this. It was all over social media this past weekend. Baby, I woke up uh, uh, Sunday morning and hollered watching their footage. I'm sorry. I, it started off bad because I was like, uh-uh, why are these people picking on the security guard? He just doing his job. All he did was tell them to move, and now they all trying to jump him and fight him. Baby, when them black folk that was trying to get off their boat, Saw that these white people were attacking this black man. One of the men jumped off the boat and swam to deliver an ass whooping. I know that's right. You know how mad you... It's certain situations where you got to be mad as hell to deliver art. If you take your shoes off before you fight, that's a mad motherfucker. You do not want to fight that person. If somebody ain't got like, what, air conditioning or something in their car and they driving to you to fight you... Bitch, that's a fight you ain't got, okay? That ain't you. Leave that fight alone. If somebody is willing to jump off a boat and swim to the shore just to beat your ass, bitch, you need to call it. A, that, that's not for you. Call it a draw. Call it whatever you want to call it. That ain't it, baby. That's not it. Just leave it alone, okay? <laughs> One man thought, see, I'm so messed for laughing at all this, but 
one of the men, I guess he thought it was WWE SummerSlam. He went and grabbed a chair, and when I tell you, he knocked that lady ass that. Okay, I'm thought. Look, I'm. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Had I been there seeing him beat up on this black man, y'all would have just been pulling me off of one of the motherfuckers. So I ain't even judging too hard. This was a mess. Okay, this was a whole mess. I don't know how the hell I got here, but I'm here. Okay, this was a whole mess. Let me get back to Ronnie. Um, who do y'all think is kind of like, I always say center peach holder. Y'all know what I mean. Who's the center apple on Roni? I used to think, I was like, okay, well, obviously Jenna Lyons got the most money. Well, shit, I don't even know about that. But they said Jenna Lyons got the most money and these kind of things and such. And I know Jenna was the name that we actually had on the show, but... I'm starting to think it's Aaron. I don't know. I kind of love learning about Aaron every episode. The businesses, the family, the everything, okay? Her explaining, like, her career path and how she wound up selling uh, properties for Frederick Eklund. You know, y'all know him from a uh, damn million-dollar listing. Just like everybody else in the world working for him, child. Even Amir. A shout-out to Amir from Summerhouse Martha's Vineyard, friend of the podcast. Hey, boo. Even he works for Frederick now. I think the one in Austin, so... Ooh, child. Anyway, over to Brand. Love hearing about her past, too. I love hearing that, like, you know, she she went to an all-white school in Indiana. Same girl, same, okay? <laughs> Except man, I was in college, but still, okay? I can relate to you, all right? Fighting for my fucking life at a PWI. Child, where, where the hell is Howard when you need him? Anyway, I love this conversation between her and her hairdresser. Talking about how she like barely got exposure to black people because she was raised by her white grandmother. And obviously her being biracial. I remember we talked about this last time, how I always kind of forget that brand is half white, half black. But that's another story. But how she would go to the beauty shop once a week because her grandmother made a friend. She told her to bring her to the beauty shop because her grandmother didn't know what to do with her hair. And all this kind of stuff. So she took her there once a week. And it was actually her getting exposure to a huge part of her culture. Now listen, me, when I was a kid, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. When I tell you I used to hate going to the beauty shop with my aunts and my mom and my sister and all my female cousins. I hated that shit so much. Just like Brian said, it's an all-day thing. And see, it ain't like you the priority. You one of many customers that's going to be in there. So, girl, she'll come wash your hair. She'll leave you over there for a while. And then she'll go take a, a take care of Bunitra over her who need her little, a little uh, a press and go. So, she pressing her hair while you just soaking over there in the sink about to drown. Uh, you might as well jump off in the water and help that black security guard too. Shit. The way they got you drowning in that sink. And then finally she'll come back. She'll dry your hair. She'll press it out a little bit. But then let's just get it back dry. She ain't even styled the shit yet. So then she got to do that, but then she'll go over there and help Tanya. You know, Tanya got to help her be at work. So Tanya just can't get her, you know, can't get her little doobie wrap to uh, go to sleep on that night. And then, you know, she'll just comb it out when she get to work. That kind of, you know, it'd be a whole thing. My ass would be sitting up there bored as hell, ready to go. How? Okay. I couldn't wait. I felt like I would go kicking and screaming and shouting. And finally, when you arrive back at home, it, it must be what taking a bra off at the end of a long work day feels like. I would be so damn happy to sit in front of that TV and play with my toys and, uh, 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 and, and you know, conversate with Bobby and Ken, see what they had going on. More so Ken and Bobby, but that's okay. You know, I had to see what they was talking about, okay? <laughs> I really like that Sai was moved so much about 
hearing about Bren's story that she actually was like, you know what? Let me throw a Friendsgiving. Okay. 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 So let me tell you why I rebuke the notion of Friendsgiving and always have. I know I just go sound crazy, but just hang with me for a second. I'm so weird about eating at other people's homes. And this is when like, I can actually see what you preparing. I feel like Friendsgiving is too much like potluck at work. And I know that sounds crazy, but just stick with me. Stick with me. People just showing up with like random dishes that I didn't get to see you washing your hands before you start making or before you get into the Uber or before you come ringing on my doorbell. It gives me a little bit of anxiety, okay? Get, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. If, it's a little different than when you like eating at a restaurant. Because <laughs> like at home, there's too many like unknown variables like okay does she have cats or does he unknowingly scratch his ball sack while he watching the football game and making and rolling the meatballs like does she use her hand or her elbow when she cover up a sneeze does he pick boogers while he making the flan like it's too much them 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 textures are blending i'm like uh, i don't i don't like that so i know a lot of y'all looking at y'all phones crazy as hell like kendrick please but I stand by it. I'm not a I'm I'm not a friendsgiving person. I'm sorry. Don't invite me to one. Um, the cackling old hens of it all. Jessa and Jenna apparently went shopping for a gift for Aaron, and they you know they made up and all this kind of stuff. Because remember, Jessa was like, "Girl, who bought me this ugly ass piece of shit? This ugly, dirty, ragged ass dress you want me to sleep in with my husband?" And Jenna like, "Damn, bitch, you ain't got to say all that." <laughs> but they made up, I guess. And uh, Jenna, one of the things that stood out was Jenna saying that Jessel was calling the other women cackling old hags. So I'm sure it's going to come up later on in the episode. But it's when Jessel is like downloading her husband about everything that happened in the Hamptons that was interesting. Because he seemed to like agree with a lot of the criticism that the ladies had for her. I also thought it was kind of interesting that he actually did agree about the sex. Not with the other women, but with Jessel. Like, he's like, look, when you a parent, especially a new parent, all you got time for is to eat shit and sleep, okay? Now, listen, my job, my main job, and my second job, which is this podcast and that account and all that stuff, it keep me so busy that I, sometimes just being able to eat and sleep sounds like a luxury. So I can't imagine being responsible for two human lives and what that must, like, impact on a marriage. I did, like, earlier in the episode, throw that, like, uh, Sai's husband, who I, I really like him. I, I don't even know his name, but I really like him. I like that he was like, okay, get a lady some grace. She may be going through a lot. She probably got some pent-up anger, which is pent-up horniness, actually. And just give her a little break. She might need it from y'all. And you know what? Y'all give just a little break. I always have a feeling, like, that she might get turned against at some point by the fandom simply because I feel like people feel like they need somebody to like avidly hate. And you don't, I promise you don't. You can actually enjoy all six of these women. That's my true feeling. I think you enjoy all six of them. So let's, let's not do a lot. Okay. Uh, let's get to the friends giving of it all. Okay. Listen, I get it. Take your shoes off at the door. Now, that's not a rule in my house because child ain't shit in here worth not stepping on. So I get it. Well, except socks because child, she'll chew them ankles the fuck up. You better be careful. I right? don't come across socks with the with the bare ankle. Now, she going she go, she go test to see what you got. See what them knees made out of, bitch. Okay. Okay. Jessel. 
Baby, you got to start picking up on social cues, okay? <laughs> she gave Aaron a little a little small platitude about her grandmama dying because Aaron just like literally came from the memorial for her grandmother. Her grandmother died very suddenly, went to hospice, and then within 24 hours had passed away. Child, Jessa was like, Jessa, uh, <laughs> Jessa did like Sonya's sister. She said, oh, really? Okay, well, what else is going on? Child, she didn't give a damn about what was going on. So, uh, oh, yeah, I, you know what? A little, a little sketch mode, but that's okay. You know, what, whatever feeds the, nah, not feeds, let me not do that. <laughs> Jessa lives in aloof land, okay? Jessa's just very kind of aloof about everything, and that's how people are sometimes. They're aloof. They just, you know, whatever. But we quickly kind of move over to the cackling hag of it all, which was actually brought up because Jessa was, Jessa was being kind of an asshole. She was, but, but who is in hell? And then they move on to uh, Brand discussing all the trauma. And we really don't get much into this because I think Brand holds so much in that she really hasn't even had time to process. So I don't know. New York, that was a good episode. I like seeing all that. I like seeing Uba and her businesses. I like seeing learning more about Aaron. Uh, I like this group of women. So I enjoyed it. It's a good compliment for the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I wish both of these shows weren't coming on on Sundays, honestly, because. I don't know. I, I feel like they both deserve more than what they're getting, but, you know, it is what it is. Y'all, I was initially going to talk about the Real Housewives of OC, but they're more fun to talk about with somebody else because alone, a child, alone. <laughs> alone, all it is is uh, Vicky and uh, Tamara and Shannon being messy. All I want to know is, is did y'all know Jan Jameson or Jan Johnson or Joe Jonah Jameson, whatever the hell Shannon boyfriend name, if he been cheating or what the hell been going on? Because the way Shannon jumped up at that table when she found out it was a rumor going around, child, I want to know about it too, Shannon. Y'all, that's all I got for you. Um... Go back, listen to some episodes, listen to the Victor interview. You can expect a lot more Love Island content coming your way. You know, I love the things, love the girls, love the things over there. Uh, love Island UK has ended. And because I didn't watch the last couple episodes because I, I didn't like who won the show. So I'm over it. Bye. <laughs>